When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There are a lot of contenders for King of the South, so who would you say is King of the South? I think hip hop will always be a void for the people. Hey everybody, I'm Reggie Williams, founder and CEO of Ambrosia for Heads, and with me I have Jake Payne, our editor-in-chief. How are you doing, man? Man, I can't complain. Beautiful, gray Sunday morning here in Philadelphia. How about you? Yeah, it's been, it's only been two weeks, man, but it feels like forever. Like, are you still like, does time just seem like a, just a foreign concept at this point to you? Yo, it is insane right now. Just, yeah. I mean, 2020 is like a blur. And now that the summer's over and the sun's, you know, the sunlight ends sooner, it's so bizarre. Like everyone I know is just tripping out right now. Yeah, yeah. How's it in Philly? Like, uh, are you guys got a nice like outdoor scene for restaurants and stuff like that, or what's going on? Yeah, and they close a lot of the streets down. I think like they did in New York. Um, it's cool, but everyone's outside. Like, actually, both Friday and and Saturday night, I kept it kind of simple and uh, relatively indoors because in the city, everyone is just going stir crazy and trying to get the good weather while they can. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful weekend here. Uh, so I got no complaints, man. Good. Happy to be alive. Um, you know, you know, uh, COVID is still absolutely, you know, something that is plaguing us all. The numbers yeah. going up across the country. Uh, we all know what happened with the president over the last week. Uh, I'm seeing now that Dr. Fauci is calling it a super spreader event, like in the White House, which mm-hmm. is pretty crazy. Um, but something that hits much more close to home for us in hip hop is Scarface. Um, he came, he contracted the virus. I know early on, I can't remember if it was um, March or April, but it was very mm-hmm. early on in the cycle and it hit him very hard. Uh, unbeknownst to people, he was like hospitalized for several days and in very, very severe condition. Dialysis, yeah. Yeah, he, he had pneumonia first, his lungs were filled with fluid and then his kidneys failed. And um, now he is in desperate need of a kidney and he tweeted out um, over the last couple of days that he was looking for a donor. Um, you know, so T.I. apparently has said that he is willing to pay money for this. But, you know, what are your thoughts on this, man? Like, um, Scarface obviously, like, uh, had, has had health problems over the years, you know. But yeah. this seems to be, like, even more severe, you know, after the loss of Bushwick Bill, you know. It's, yeah. That's something that's tough, tough to it's, hear. It's just a wake-up call. I mean, right now, you know, um, from what I understand, you know, Bismarcky is still, um, you know, going through what he's going through and details are thin, but I know he's in serious health condition. And now to know that face is still, you know, very much suffering in 2020, that's, that's an alarm. And, you know, pick an icon. We've all, we've lost so many, you know, hip hop legends and important figures um, due to health reasons, you know, and to have the opportunity to do something now um, it's very important that we start this discussion there and, and Scarface I mean, he is the king underdog, and um, yeah, I, I want him to be here for a long time and continue to get his flowers while he is. Yeah, and, and very much in uh, another chapter, a subsequent chapter, I won't say second because he's had many chapters, but another chapter in life with 
you know, going into politics, um, you know, running for for mayor in Houston and um, uh, city, city councilman, council, city, council, yeah. city councilman in Houston, and um, and you know, really just being a positive impact on the community. Um, definitely wish him well. Um, apparently, he's looking for people who have A B uh, blood type. Uh, I guess that's the best um, possible match for him. But uh, I just read another tweet saying that. You know, it didn't matter. You could be whatever, as long as it was a good fit, that they would match his blood type. I, I don't know the science behind it, but it sounds like it's not limited just to people with AB uh, blood type. Yeah, I mean, you know, in, in Scarface, you and I with Ambrosia, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about health, you know, really driving home the issues of, you know, what are what are the dangers that face people of a certain age, dangers that face Black people specifically. And, you know, Scarface is one of those examples of in the last 10 years, you know, he dropped, I think, over 100 pounds of weight, um, you know, stopped smoking cigarettes, from what I understand, you know, probably chilled a little bit on, you know, alcohol. And I mean, Scarface is a public figure, but he's not covered, you know, like maybe even Action Bronson losing his weight is because he just, you know, a little bit deliberately um, low profile. But I would hate to see after so much investment and positivity going on in, in Brad Jordan's life, you know, something, something tragic to happen. And I salute T.I., because I think, and, and a lot of people would agree, you know, Scarface's generation, those, those late 80s, early 90s artists from the South, they really blazed the trail so that guys like T.I. and Jeezy and Ludacris and on and on and on could be who they became. And, and let's not forget either that, you know, T.I. kind of came into the game in the early 2000s and called himself the king of the South, which was blasphemous to a lot of people, um, you know, at the time. And Scarface stood by it, you know, at a time when Tip and Little Flip, who's also from Scarface's, you know, native Houston, were going at it and face co-signed T.I. And to see all these years later when it's maybe not as convenient for T.I. to, you know, be out on the front lines and saying, look, if money's the issue, I'll make it happen. So, you know, I applaud Tip for that. Yeah, you know, I was watching um, Real Time with Bill Maher um, and this week and he had a guest on it and they were talking about obesity, you know, and um, the fact is, is that obesity kills 40,000 people a month in this country, mm. which is something that's just not discussed. Uh, I mean, and obviously it is one of the pre-existing conditions that compounds COVID, you know? So, um, you know, I think that as we, you know, look at, you know, things like masks and other, you know, fixes, like that is something we absolutely have to address as a long-term fix, you know, because it's a, uh, it's clearly one of the, the, the things that makes us more susceptible to it. Big facts. And, and you know, over the last week, <laughs> I laughed because, you know, the, the president is, is, is renowned for his vanity. But one of the things they said when he contracted COVID is not only is this guy in his upper 70s, Donald Trump is obese, like, you know, scientifically or, or you know, by the charts obese, which makes him, you know, which makes no matter how lightly he takes COVID, it makes it a more serious issue. So yeah, look no further than the White House for case in point of what you're saying. Yeah, and you're right. Like face should be celebrated. I remember like four or five years ago, it was like striking, like how much weight he'd lost. And yeah. I, you know, I wondered if if it was if he was healthy at the time. Um, but it actually was, you know, truly being healthy that helped him get there, uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, you know, I just like kind of got back my workout equipment and stuff like that in the last like week or so. And finally kind of feeling like myself, I went through like a six, seven week period where I couldn't work out like I wanted to. 
it impacts everything, man. Like you feel different, you feel sluggish. Um, you know, you're not as mentally sharp. Uh, it's a it's a natural antidepressant. It's a lot of different things, man. So critical, critical yeah. to get that workout in. Most definitely. How's your how, how's your fitness been? Man, you know it's crazy. Um, 2020, um, I've worked out more than I have in. I might even say 15 years, you know, and uh, I had a friend move back into Philly and, you know, for the last three months we've been doing, you know, cardio and calisthenics outside and, you know, just recently opened up the gym. And so now that I'm not seeing my, you know, folks or, or you know, folks that uh, could be um, potentially easy threatened, you know what I mean? I, uh, I've been over for now three weeks back in the gym and, yeah, I mean, you know, the results are TBD, but I uh, I feel sharper. And it's one of the things that's allowed me to kind of cope with all of the, you know, general claustrophobia, depression, all of these things that are 2020. So I totally agree with you. And, you know, it's one of the things that I'll take as an upside out of this year is it was motivation for reasons even we just said of like, yo, I got to take ownership. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that'll, that'll always be the, uh, the silver lining of this year. One of them were, so you mentioned T.I. claiming himself to be the King of the South back in the day, uh, and now coming to support someone that, uh, many would call the King of the South. I think there are a lot of contenders for that. You know, big critics call himself King of the South, uh, Lil Wayne, um, you know, even though it's interesting because, you know, even though it's from New Orleans, people don't necessarily think of him as a Southern rapper. He's kind of transcended that, in my opinion. Um, you know, Rick Ross, like, there are a lot of contenders for King of the South. So who would you say is King of the South? Let's go with right now and, and then all the time. Yeah, I mean, right now, for me, and this is more probably subjective than objective, but I give it to Crit. Um, you know, I mean, just what he's done through this decade, you know, since Crit was here in 2010 to here we are 2020, great mixtapes, great albums, meaningful, you know, verses, all of that, um, all time, you know, face is definitely right there. But one of the things I'll say as a caveat to that, neither big boy nor Andre 3000 ever really went for that. You know what I mean? And, uh, to me, um, I've been listening to a lot of big boy this week, even that, that, that song to the video you and I kind of condemned a bit on this podcast girls keep calling me up all night um but any of those three I'll accept um those to me are the are the three kings if I can you know be diplomatic of the south Dre so, uh, Big and Face Dre Big and Face okay yeah. you know you wouldn't put tip in that all time no but I, I I mean you know again like I say last 10 years I'll give it to Crit um but in the first 2000 to 2010 ti all day i mean king to me for the longest was the last great five mic album you know in, and i i'm handing out the mics like king was that album so i i'm a huge fan of ti but i just don't know that his emphasis is on music as much i mean he's doing things like this with face and you know political stuff and 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 podcast stuff but yeah what about you though so current King of the South uh, for me is J. Cole. Mm. People forget, I mean, Cole has got that East Coast flow and he's affiliated with Rock Nation and everything, but he's North Carolina, born and yeah. bred, still lives there, you know, shouts it out, you know, Fayetteville, extremely proud of it. By far um, the most commercial success right now and has sure. had longevity and has been around 
like 12 years almost now, you know, um, uh, I know the warm-up was like 2009. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like, like 2009. And so, mm-hmm. um, you yeah, know, he's been, you know, the, uh, a couple of mixtapes before that too, but yeah. So longevity, commercial success, um, just straight lyricism, relevancy, all that. J. Cole is, is the king of the South right now for me. That's a good point. And people don't realize that. And even when you say North Carolina, like, you know, we'd be remiss even in that last 10 years discussion. What about Fonte? You know, um, because especially like Fonte makes music that is distinctly Southern, like, you know, his dialect, his references, his humor, and not unlike Face. I mean, Face is a gangster rapper and came into the game, you know, on some D-boy narratives, but he raps a lot about what's going on in his head and in his family. That's Tigolo. Um, yeah. So, you know, you make a great case. I'm not mad at any of these. And absolutely, like what Cool has done over these last 10 years. Yeah, that's between Crit, Cool, Fonte, you know. Yeah, I mean, Fonte, and, yeah, you're right. He doesn't get he doesn't get enough props for that. But he is, I mean, master lyricist, you know. Um, and for all time for me, I got, I got to go with Three Stacks, man. Andre 3000. Mm, yeah. Just because, you know, we've had this conversation before, but, you know, when it comes to GOAT conversations, I think a lot of people in groups get shortchanged. You know, Black Thought, uh, Fonte. Pasta News. Uh, yeah. Pasta News. Yeah, exactly. And Dre, Andre 3000, definitely falls into that category. I think he is a top five MC, period, mm-hmm. like hands down. Um, and so, like, if he's a top five MC and he's the 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 one from the South that I would put in there, then I got to give him King of the South all the time. Yeah, yeah man. And, and, you know, Big Boy might be Scottie Pippen in that, though. Like, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, right. uh, I mean, just again, like, you know, in the last, I mean, if we if we really kind of take Dre off the table after 2008, 2007, when he went on that feature run, I mean, what Big Boy does on his own is is really remarkable. And and I know the music might not get the attention that it deserves, but even songs he's made this year, I'm just, you know, flabbergasted. I'm like, man, this guy's had it for 25 years and counting. Yeah, you know, so let's go with that for a second. Let's go with, you know, MCs that are considered, um, you know, the the B player you know um and i i don't i'm not saying that that in a way that i agree with it yeah. i'm saying that people consider one to be kind of the lead mc and the other one to kind of be the supporting mc right now let's think about those who are the best ones and where's the argument that they're actually if not equal maybe even the lead i'm gonna give you one straight off okay. the bat yeah that 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 I always get. I actually had a debate with uh, Ninth Wonder, and I think Young Guru with this yeah. um, at the time. Uh, for me, Five Dog is at the top of that heat. Yeah, because you know Kuta's voice is amazing, his cadence is crazy, but when it comes to pure like rhymes and even voice and everything too, and wit and punchlines, man, all the lines I remember from Tribe are like from from Fife, especially from. Low in theory and and uh, you know and Midnight Marauders like yeah. Fife Dog just smashed both those albums. He killed um, it. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good yeah. one too. Because I mean, you know, the Ventilation LP, his his kind of debut, despite Dilla and High Tech and I think Pete Rock, you know, it never shined like tipped it on his own. Q Tip. Yeah. Um, Havoc is another one. What'd you say? Havoc is another one. Yeah, and it's funny. I keep thinking of Hav too because. Um, you know, Hav's verse on the new Conway album, that Juvenile Hell song that was my song of the week, you know, last week. Hav 
is as nice as Banks. He's as nice as Conway on that, and he produced the beat. So that's that's dope. Um, I'm gonna hit you with one, Inspector Deck. Um, okay. Because I mean, people in the Woo Woo fans always go Ghost, Ray, Meth, ODB, Jizza. Like, you know, I think You God, Master Killer, Inspector Deck, kind of get forgotten, and then RZA. Everyone wants to talk about the production. If you look at the Woo albums themselves, you know, especially during the you know heralded run of the '90s, Deck. I honestly believe on Woo albums has the best verses. Like, you know, the stuff we love and remember, especially on Wu-Tang Forever and Enter the Wu-Tang. And I know his his solo career hasn't measured up, you know, Uncontrolled Substance, The Flood, all this stuff. And it's dope to see him win in, in Zarface. But man, Deck, um, MC Ren, you know, especially mm. on the second NWA album, Ren killed that. But people want to talk about Cube Forever and then, Ren you know, Easy with the yeah um dave from de la soul you know true joy yeah. uh kills it every time um eric sermon you think you think he dubbed lyrically an epmd i mean i'm asking you because you lived through it more than i did in the in the 80s but um you think that people gave pmd the the more attention. I do, I do. Only because, you know, we have a hard time like giving people props in two categories a lot of times, you mm -hmm. know, and Eric Sermon was seen as the producer, you know, the music guy. And I think that's why Havoc gets shortchanged too. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when, when, when you're that, people try to categorize and say, okay, this guy does the music, this guy's the lead rhymer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Parrish, um, I do think was considered that way. I, I would say, you know, it's interesting because another kind of like flip-flop that happened like with, with, with Q-Tip versus Fight for Me with Tribe was similar with Run DMC because people viewed Run um, as kind of like the lead MC. He came out, he opened up the show. He had the, the much more bombastic break. A lot of the first type, verses. Yeah. You know, style and like, you know, um, and aggressiveness. But DMC, like, I mean, you know, when King of Rock, he opened that, right? I'm the King of Rock, you know, yeah. and... Uh, through that album into Raising Hell was when DMC ascended and like you know and he had obviously he had ill verses on the first album too but by the time Raising Hell hit like from the, you know um, from the mountain valley to, to the deep blue sea the word yeah. is heard is told by D I don't sing I'll bring much to light you know um, like the stars shining bright in the darkest night like he was just crazy man um, there are quite a few like that like uh, who else um Willie D, I mean, when we talk about face, I, I, Willie D's solo catalog leaves a lot to be desired. And Willie's a friend of mine for over the years, but the role that he played in his time in Ghetto Boys is, is really incredible. And considering he and face wrote a lot of Bill's verses, you know, um, Willie D just has that voice and that, that, that conviction that I just love. And it made that group so menacing and dope. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, so out of all those, is there one who you give the nod to? I mean, I've been on this, uh, I've been dying on this Inspector Deck Hill for years. Um, you know, I like, I like that. And, and I also do like yours, Fife, but I feel like, and it's sad, but as we talk about flowers, well, you can still smell them. I feel like the 25th anniversary of Low End Theory, which we had some great content on, shout out to you and Amanda, um, and Fife's passing, people reconsidered Fife. I want and I want people to go back, listen to those two Woo albums, and Rebel INS is woof, you know, with that voice, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll definitely, I will definitely go back and check those out. You're going five. Um, uh, I'm going, I'm going five, but I'm, I'm starting to think of like current players too. Like, you know, I think about TDE and, you know, Kendrick was clearly the one now, um, that has like, you know, ascended to the top in terms of like commercial and critical acclaim. Um, but I think about like J-Rock and obviously, you know, he's the one who kicked things off. And over the last three years, like, I don't know that there's an artist on TDE who's had a better run with J-Rock, you know, yeah. um, between his album with Win and, you know, Guest Versus, like even on, on problem, the Problem album, you know, we talked about, he killed that. Yeah. Anderson Pack's Lockdown. Um, and he's open, he's been on two straight BET awards. I don't know if you realize that he opened up the the BET awards of 2019, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and then 2020, um, you know, with, with Anderson Pat. So you know, Rock is Rock is ill. Um, so you know, I'd put him up there. Um, and other current artists, any other, any current artists you could think of? I mean, like Griselda does a really good job. I, I said it in our interview with the Locks um, a few weeks ago but i have to say on this new locks album um chic stole the show yeah. you know I, yeah. I i and no one says it I, I actually wanted to ask the guys and i neglected to there's so many times um when they're doing features and it's just styles and kiss and that's such a snub to to chic and i'm like yo he has some of my favorite verses on the whole album so do you think there is a lead mc in Griselda? I think Gunn would immediately say it's Conway or Benny. I think he would take himself out of that equation. But once you get down to Benny or Conway, I think they are like, you know, uh, you know, John Stockton and Carl Malone. Like they're, they're both like right there. Yeah, know? right there. I mean, right there. Like um, Conway is my guy. I just love his voice and his cadence. But Benny is just, Benny is just, so, he's a monster, man. Uh, he yeah. is just a monster. And his grind. His, his rise has just been like that for the last two, three years now, you know? Yeah. So, all right. So, um, we, and, and it's interesting that neither one of us named Little Wayne as like the, the, the ultimate king of the South, given that he has by far had the most com- commercial success out of anyone. Why do you think that is? Um, that's a really good question. Maybe it's for the reason that you said, I mean, Wayne, in what, 2005, 2006, he went beyond that in his own proclamations. He said, best rapper alive, you know? Um, And I feel like Wayne just went universal, you know? And meanwhile, all of the artists that we're mentioning made music that lets you know at all times they were from the South. And I feel like after a certain point, Wayne didn't do that. Now there's people out there that listen to Wayne a lot more than I do and probably know the catalog better than you or I do who might say otherwise. But that's my perception. Wayne transcended the South, whether you agree he was the king or not. Mm-hmm. Well, so speaking of Benny and Lil Wayne, uh, Benny released yeah. a song this week. Uh, it's his first song, to my knowledge, with, um, I mean, artists of, of his own song with an artist of this stature. But he had a song yeah. with Lil Wayne and Big Sean, you know, and I, it, it, the record is called Timeless. You know, um, I'm curious to see the reaction because you know, I wonder if people are thinking that this might be his foray into becoming more commercial and more mainstream. You know, the, the beat itself was very much, I think, 
in line with, with, with Benny's beats, you know, no, no in any way compromise or attempt to be on the radio, but it's definitely with stars who are ushering in that path toward, you know, kind of top 40 radio. But what was your thought about the record in general? So I did hear the production, which is by Hit Boy. I mean, they have an album coming together, which we've, we've discussed a bit. Um, it didn't, to me, sound like the Derringer, Alchemist, Beat Butcher, Chamber at all. But that being said, I mean, it didn't chase radio at all. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, when I first heard the record, I didn't like it. Um, mm -hmm. I was just like, damn, you know, and, and, and that might be that might be me jerking the steering wheel of saying, damn, I don't want to watch this artist that I really have admired in organic growth go in this direction. You put it on the playlist and I, I kind of rolled my eyes at it. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> like, I feel like force you into liking another one. <laughs> but it's funny. I woke up this morning, you know, I'm, I'm going through all the new music this week listen to it three more times and I'm like damn I actually really like this record and I like <clears throat> even what Wayne and Sean add to it it's not you know make no mistake this is not Benny and Black Thought or Benny and Pusha T you know on uh, the plugs I met last year but it shows range and there's something on the record that Sean said where I'm like yo this is crazy that Sean would go to a place like Benny to say something so meaningful and topical yeah you know so before we get to that like it's interesting to me um, because Benny is not one that I, or anyone in Griselda, you and I have talked about this extensively, that I ever thought would move toward that commercial lane. I always yeah. assumed that they were going to force the commercial to come to them, come to them you know, and um, like a Kendrick, you know, Kendrick has never, ever kind of gone you know commercial like um you know maybe like backseat freestyle maybe maybe like the biggest or like you know um well he did i mean he did do that so like what was he on it was it and excuse my ignorance it was a taylor swift remix like there was yeah a, yeah, yeah uh bad blood right it was a bad yeah, blood. yeah. Um, exactly but at the same time like it he came out of it scot-free but there was a period of time where especially like he did the joint with alicia keys and he, you know five but yeah but, but, but i mean but i mean Imagine his, Dragons. Own, his own music like his yeah. own music, like true. You true. Know, he's never like he's done guest appearances and everything. Like, you know, I don't really count that, but his own music has stayed very core to who he is and has not changed. You know, I guess you could argue that the Mike Will stuff did, but like to me, like uh, damn, is Kendrick's Purple Rain moment? You know, so Purple Rain, Prince Supreme artist. Uh, you know, uh, incredibly um, dense, and you know had commercial success for sure, but not like a Michael Jackson because he wasn't making like records. Like you know, when Doves Cry didn't have a baseline, it was not mm -hmm. a conventional commercial record. Like, so in a lot of ways, Prince forced people to come to him. And there was one moment, which was Purple Rain, where the two kind of intersected perfectly, the zeitgeist and his artistry. Um, to me, damn, is that, you know, in that, um, you know, it was critically acclaimed he has Mike Will made on it, made it on it. Um, you know, who's obviously had tremendous commercial success, but you know, uh, um, DNA is not a a conventional record by any no. stretch. You know, um, you know, humble is is not really either. You know, it's, it's a weird kind. It's a weird kind of like um, you know discordant record. So, um, I, I think Kendrick is an example of someone who has not done that yet. Um, this record seems to me like Benny could be going there. But to me, it does still feel like Benny and it doesn't feel like, you know, I, I think the biggest um, kind of shock for me was when I remember when Wiz went from Cushion OJ to Black and Yellow. 
Yeah. That to me was a radical departure, you know, and Big Sean, like, um, uh, what is the, 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 the record with Chris, with Chris Brown that sampled New Edition, uh, My Love or My, yeah. my, my Own, or I can't remember, um, too many titles these days, but those were kind of jarring to me. Um, yeah. This was not a jarring record from Benny for me. It was definitely a progression, but wasn't jarring. You found it jarring though. At first, I, 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 I like it now. I'm curious to see what Benny does. And I'm curious to see if it works. But I, I think you and I both agree that we want, and I, I think it's true of not just Benny, but Conway and Gunn. Um, and, and Gunn is so deliberate with it. Like, no, come into our world. And I hope that that happens. But at the same time, I don't, Benny is so prolific that why not make this Hit Boy project stand out? Why not make it its own thing in a very, busy discography um so i'm eager to see and and yeah i did not like the joint at first i came back and i listened three four more times and it's i'm warming up to it i really am and i love i love what benny says on it too because that's the thing too the beat might be so and so the guests might be who they are but you know benny talks about going on tour with the locks which i think was 2017 my cousin went to it in philly and having an address in the projects like it is very much a started from the bottom narrative on the record, which is, uh, that's what I want to hear Benny give the world when they tune into him because of a Wayne or because of a Sean. Which is dope because now, you know, we know we have that Griselda and Locks uh, collabo, you know, we got to talk to the Locks about that, you know. Thank you the Locks, one of my uh, songs of the year. Which yeah. is amazing, you know, um, so definitely go back, check that out. Um, but so you mentioned Big Sean and had some, some substantive stuff to say on, on, on his verse. Uh, can can you break that down? Yeah, I mean, so he bats third, you know, and uh, I think no more than 16 bars from him or Wayne, I don't think. But, um, you know, Sean comes on the song and alludes to a bum deal or is, to use his terms, a slave deal. And, you know, you look at Sean's career and he's really only been signed one place and it, your shirt matches it. Good music. Um, <laughs> Actually, my shirt is uh, a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, at first I was on the font and I was like, yo. Um, but he also makes reference to one specific person, you know, he said the N-word, right? Um, and so thus it's Kanye. I don't think he's calling, you know, the chairman of the board at Def Jam that. So at a time when Kanye has gone on Twitter and said he would do all these things for his artists and really challenge the, the, the history of contracts in the music industry and specifically in hip hop, Sean's like not so fast because you 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 robbed me so to speak. Yeah, you know. Um, so what do you think? So Charlemagne, the guy that actually kind of like given a sneak peek of this a week or so ago, I'm sure he. Mm-hmm. I suspect he'd heard the record because he yeah. had said uh, that that um, you know in response to Kanye's kind of rants over the last month or so against the record industry and wanting to get his masters back and how unfair the deals are and everything like that. Charlemagne uh, accused him of hypocrisy given uh, the deal that he'd given his artists and specifically cited Big Sean, said that he owed Big Sean a lot of money uh, and that Sean had shown tremendous restraint and he hoped that his story could come out and a week later his story comes out. So, you know, I don't think that's coincidence. Um, Yeah, you know, what do you think, why do you think he chose uh, Benny's record to do this? It's so interesting, you know, so often artists use their controversial statements to their own benefit. And I look at Sean of all people who I don't know if Sean benefited at all from the control, you know, verse, but in history of like, yo, artists saying crazy things on somebody else's song in recent history, 
you know, look no further than that, you know, in yeah. 2013. Um, and this is Benny, you know, I, I don't know that like, unlike Kendrick on Sean, everyone's tuning in. There's a lot of folks out there that know who Sean is that probably don't know who Benny is. Maybe this was the way he could get it out faster because, you know, Detroit two came out, you know, it was finished before Kanye went on this thing. So maybe this was just like, let me get it to the people and I'm not going to do it in a tweet. I'm going to do it in a 16. Um, and it also happens amid an election where a lot of people say that, you know, Kanye's name is showing up on California ballots and other places. Like it's his way of saying F this dude. <laughs> mm. You know, that happens a lot. Like uh, where, where artists will use their guest verses to, to address controversial things. It happened a lot with Nikki and uh, yeah. Remy Ma when they were in their feud. Drake. Uh, Drake and Budden, you know, kicked off that way. Drake, Drake actually uses a lot of features for, for, for uh, subliminals like that. Jay-Z does it quite a bit too, you mm. know. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's really interesting. And the timeliness of the cycle is a good one. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe because, you know, if you're in album mode, you know, you might be on working on an album for a year or two. But yeah. You need to just get something out quick that, that makes sense that you do it in a guest verse. Also, too, I mean, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Detroit 2, you know, Sean's new mixtape sequel album, but it it's cohesive. Like, he had thematic intent, where if he put that, you know, first of all, your, you know, our Ambrosia for Heads Facebook share was one of the only places I saw that brought attention to what Sean said. I think Friday was such a busy music day that a lot of people missed it, but I feel like if he would have put that on the album and everyone combs through the album looking for talking points, that would have you know, outweighed his issues of talking about depression or his relationship with Janae Ku or whatever else. Um, so yeah, it didn't necessarily belong on the album, but I do, I like that. I think that's a cool thing that, you know, and you're absolutely right, like Jay did it, you know, he addressed the Dame situation on the, uh, you know, uh, Diamonds Are Forever remix and different places that make records like that exciting. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's all the more reason to check out the record and like, I'm curious to see what others think. But for me, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. Yeah, you know, um, one of the things that Sean talks about is um, his masters, you know, and, you know, having a slave contract and someone else, but someone else having his masters. And Kanye has said that he would give back his share of his masters that he owns, which is, I think, 50%. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what do you think about that? So um, copyrights now, uh, you know, uh, lyrics, you know, uh, which are, you know, covered in publishing um typically now artists are savvy enough to retain their publishing um and often they'll sign a deal with a major music publisher you know which typically is an affiliated company with the major record companies so like there'll be um universal you know music group and warner chappelle have chapel label and then yeah. but they'll have universal music publishing too right know, so they'll, they'll have both arms but uh, even if artists do a different deal for their publishing, it still gives them a separate revenue stream apart from their their um, their recording uh, revenue. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, do you? It, it's an interesting concept. If someone creates art, it works differently in different industries. So, if you are a writer for a magazine, um, often you'll be on staff, but a lot of people are contributing writers, and they actually own. The IP, and if they don't own the copyright to the article, they'll they'll still retain the rights to any kind of derivative work, like a TV show or a film or a podcast or anything like that. Um, do you think we've reached a time where artists should de facto retain ownership of their product, and you know, obviously give a perpetual license to 
um, the the person that's funding it, you know, but 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 retain some stake in it, or do you think that once you if you've been paid for it, you should that the record company should own it? Oh, you mean go retroactively? Well, not retroactively because that's going to be difficult. But do you yeah. think going forward that should kind of be become a new standard? Yeah, I mean, I think it's become the standard, and it's funny. I mean, I talked to on the you know in my freelance career, I do a lot of press bios and I consult a lot with these young artists of all different you know, popularities. And, and it's funny, I'll ask them why they partnered with XYZ record company or distributor. And it's so interesting. It's, it doesn't seem like it's about the bag anymore. Um, it really seems about, you know, ownership, like, let me, you know, let me hold my own thing, creative control. And then what resources are you doing for me? Like, what is your staff doing? Can you help me get into these new buildings, licensing deals to video games? You know, do you have a relationship with you know, X, Y, Z, DSP, so I can make the homepage when I drop. That's what people want versus 10 years ago. It, every artist seemed like they were in a bidding war, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And I think, you know, we're seeing that in the conversation, um, whether it's a situation like this or it's LL Cool J going on sway and saying, Oh yeah, by the way, I negotiated with Def Jam a few years ago. I own all my masters, which is really dope. Like how often do we hear about that? Or Jay-Z, going back and getting reasonable doubt, you know, um, because that was his baby. I love, you know, I love to see that. And I think that'll be the standard from here on out. Yeah. You know, uh, you bring up a good point about it being about more than money now about being creative control and ownership. Um, you know, so a rumor surfaced earlier in the week, it's a nice segue, um, that gained traction and it was a dominant news cycle for about 24 hours. Um, it was that Kendrick Lamar had left TDE and had gone to PG Lang to join forces with his manager and, you know, childhood friend and business partner, uh, Dave Free. Um, you know, the label, um, it, it, it's, it's a uh, company that is multimedia. It's music, it's film, it's TV. Um, they have an artist, Baby Keem, who's Kendrick's cousin. Um, Kendrick participated in the trailer announcing the, the venture some time ago after Dave left uh, TDE, uh, you know, months ago. And so the rumor had a lot of credibility because of all those factors, you know, um, the fact that, you know, Kendrick and Dave have, have such a close alliance, the Baby Keem relationship, um, but also to your point, artists wanting creative control and ownership of their own product. Now, you and I know, and I'm not sure if everyone knows, but based on the, the Billboard article interview with TDE yeah. from a few years ago, that Kendrick is actually a stakeholder in TDE. I don't know what percentage that is. Um, and certainly it's probably not the same as a percentage that he would have in his own company uh, if he formed it. But um, it gained a lot of traction. Do, do you think, uh, And but, but, you know, 24 hours later, Kendrick, you know, came on. Uh, in a really funny kind of video um, pointed at a Blue's Clues um, stuffed animal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like, you know, debunking it and like talking about people putting rumors on his name and sweating his name and stuff like that. Um, why do you think a rumor like that gained traction? <laughs> um, it, for reasons you said, I mean, it's plausible. And honestly, what you just said in the last two minutes um, is better and more creates more logic than any article I read online this week. Um, but I also, I just missed it when I read it because I, I just, TDE moves differently than, you know, any label of that magnitude. And, 
you know, those guys have been in the trenches together, not only 20 years ago, but more recently. And I, I highly doubt that there's a lot of creative control that isn't 100% Kendrick's um, coming out of that. You know, Top or, or Punch or somebody else might say, hey, this should be the single versus that. But I can't imagine a TDE where Kendrick isn't in it. Um, and I feel like that label gives him license to help out his homies, you know, Dave Free, anyone else. But yeah, I just don't, I don't see that. I, I, I would be willing to bet the ranch that, that Kendrick's musical career plays out with the same folks that he came in with. Yeah, you know, it's, um, you're right. Like a TDE is, is a family. I mean, they're a very tight knit bond. Um, and those dudes literally lived in the studio together and on tour buses together for years. Yeah. That was a bond forged in um, blood, sweat and tears. You know, um, that said, like, when people do choose to to go on and do their own separate things, you know, Dave obviously left to do his own thing. And, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that leaving necessarily means beef. You know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes people just need to um, do something different, have their own thing. You know, Drake like, uh, has kind of outgrown like, um, you know, ca- cash money. money. And yeah. OVO is a something that makes sense for him. So, you know, uh, while this might not be true, you could, you could easily see something like that happening. I could see them continuing to be partners in some way too. You know, um, it doesn't all have to be um, the way that some splits have gone like with, with Dre and like, you know, and, and, and others. So, um, you know, but I want to talk about how you and I would have covered that, you know, if the site were still up, because you and I had debates a lot of times uh, when something dropped that wasn't fully confirmed, yeah. we were very methodical, and, and I would say um, erring toward the side of conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, me typically being the one to push it because, like, if it, if it was like um, substantiated by some a credible source, or if it was someone saying it, there's a lot of times where we we, we uh, would go back and forth. If there was someone in the space saying something about themselves. Yeah, but we didn't necessarily know, believe that person to be credible. Right. And my point was, okay, even if they're lying, they're still saying it, so we should run with it. And your point was, yeah, but should we go with it if yeah. we don't think it's true? Now, in this case, it's different because it was third party rumor. Yeah. But how how would you have approached this one? Um, had we been writing daily, we would have had a huddle. I mean, and 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 I'll be transparent. I mean, both you know, you and I have you know, varying relationships with some of the parties involved in this. And we're always cautious of that. Not that it makes us overly less cautious when it's otherwise, but that also gives us some opportunity in certain places to be like, Hey, can you, you know, comment, verify, thumbs up, thumbs down, any of that. Um, I think that this would have been a case where we probably would have covered it, laid out the reasons that you just said, and probably put it to the audience, but never never substantiated it as anything more than rumor. That's my opinion. Um, and you're absolutely right. Like when MC Search said that um, he was asked to write from Rakim, and I think he told Vlad TV that, you and I virtually kind of looked at each other. Ah, I'm not so sure, but we put it out there. And even people like Pete Nice, you know, Search's partner at third base was like, no, fake news. But you have him saying it. You know, that's happened a number of times where artists will say things that other people say otherwise and and who's to say so yeah i mean when there's a primary source we give it this one we didn't cover rumor a ton but i think this one 
when you break it down the way that you did, because you said things about Dave's company that I didn't even realize that his artist is Kendrick's cousin, it all needs to be stated. And then we would, of course, update it immediately when the Blues Clues video comes out. Right, right. You know, so the, um, the example you gave is perfect with MC Search because the news for me would have been the fact that Search was saying what he was saying, mm-hmm. not that it was true. Right, so I wouldn't have pushed it to to um, to cite that as truth, but the fact that he's saying it in and of itself was a news event, you know. Yeah. So I think that's where we we would go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's a, there's a lot of responsibility that goes with this, and I think that a, a lot of people don't take it seriously anymore. In fact, I think a lot of people are reckless and do yeah. so just to get headlines and like kind of uh, disregarding the truth. But I think you and I always strived for truth you know um but it was it was a, it was a balance we never treated ambrosia for heads.com like it was a cash cow because you can do that you can you can get page views off of anything you can squeeze blood out of a stone but it does a lot of damage to this culture and i always equate it to uh you know people that take copper out of buildings and then melt it down like you can strip a lot of cultural integrity out of hip-hop so that you hit a certain page view threshold and get a bonus or do whatever. And um, nah, we, you and I left a lot of uh, possibility and profile and, and I guess revenue on the table by what we didn't cover. And I'm proud of that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, sticking with TDE and, you know, covering something um, that is being said by the, the source itself, Reason put out an album, um, you know, this uh, on Friday uh, mm-hmm. called New Beginnings. And, mm-hmm. and since then, he's even said in an interview I saw that this isn't really his debut album for TDE. This is, I guess, kind of like a collection of songs he had been working on for a couple of years. Um, and it's finally getting its release. Um, and if you think about his his song, The Soul, which I think was your and my, both our introduction reason, and which was like one of, maybe my song of the year that year, I think it was like... Yeah. Uh, 2018 um yeah he was uh he 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 starts off the song with patience new beginnings coming like and it's just such an ill it's just a subtle line right it may you just think it's like he's just saying new beginnings are coming but that was actually a reference to this project you know so that lets you know kind of the time stamp on when he went you know when he had anticipated it was coming um but on that album, which also features Rhapsody on song, and, and we put a couple songs in the playlist. J.I.D. Uh, J.I.D. Um, I think it's a really stellar project, um, you know, uh, or some stellar songs on it. And, you know, given that he doesn't even consider it to be his album yet, like, uh, I'm sure he's got some heat. He said he's got about 70% done. But one of the, the songs on the album is called Windows Cry. And uh, it's truly a window into, like, reasons like... Um, thought process and, and feelings at the time and one of the verses focuses on his um feelings about tde and his situation that he was in you know um a lot of times artists um are, you know in general but we've seen this happen on tde too kind of express kind of frustration at not getting their, their products out um SZA has done it um you know i think solo did you know there have been you know times when when artists have wanted to kind of get out and they haven't been able to reason has been, you know, has been vocal about it in the past too. And on, on the song, he says, you know, um, 
he said he he, he says you heard the stories of labels putting artists in danger, um, using them up, never pay them, and then replace them. And now you're stepping into unfamiliar situations of a label that's like family but adopted you for paper. Um, and, and he says um, uh, they got you sitting on the bench. You, you're going to lose your listens. Um, you're going to hurt your fans. You're going to lose your mentions. Um, he said you're trying to you're trying to grow as big as Dot, trying to move your image. Now you got Dave pushing buttons, and he grew up with him. Um, you know, Dave Free, and he says, um, you know. Uh, what's your motive? Can't never trust them. They, they make Ali mix your vocals without discussion. Um, he says, you got Top Son as one of your managers and you barely even know him. Um, if you if you and Top get into, get into it, like who's he riding for? Like, I mean, those are real serious things he's yeah. saying, you know. Um, um, you know, is it, so, but, you know, but the, the, the thing is, for anyone who wants to try and make a controversy, like what a chess move it is that the label let them put it out. Yeah. Right. Like um, that shows right there that they are really about it. Right. Like, listen, we, we, we are human beings. We got feelings. We have things that like irritate each other and, you know, um, but we're going to be men about it and we're going to disagree and we're going to resolve it. And we're going to be transparent about it too. Listen, like yeah. we're not trying to stifle you and like, and like let the public know how you felt. So I thought it was a real ill power statement, you know, at the end of the day. What, what about it? it was one of my, you know, Windows Cry is, is one of the joints in the album. And, you know, one of reason of the last three years, only Toby Nwegwe, um is the artist that I'm most excited about. You know, I, I, I kind of put Griselda, I mean, they've been around a bit longer, but Griselda puts out so much music, but with reason, especially we didn't get it. I mean, he was part of the Dreamville, you know, Revenge of the Dreamers 3. And even on that album, too, to your point, him and I think Cause had this concept song about robbing their, you know, their bosses and, and kind of why they would do it because they're frustrated that they're playing the bench. I love reason that he's unfiltered. The soul was so great because he talked about, you know, fitting in with Crips and Bloods and, you know, Musa, you know, um, all these different figures. And he's, he's just like, he's talking to you. So that comes across in the song and I love it because it is, it's just creative control. And, you know, we talked about Scarface who had a very interesting dynamic with rap a lot over like 25 years. People forget Sean Price, you know, a revered guy in the underground, Sean would get on and just clown Drew Ha, you know, and just say, Drew, you owe me more money. Or you said this in a meeting and I didn't like it. And, you know, Sean Price is the same artist that saved Duck Down. Mm-hmm. You know, Drew and Buckshot will tell you that. So I love it when you have an artist saying something real and raw. And like you said, being men or women about it. Um, that's just cool. So yeah. whenever Reason does his full project, I just want that raw, uncut, like, tell me what's going on in your mind. Because it's somehow so relatable to the rest of us. Yeah, I love his chess moves and his forethought. You know, we talked about uh, the patience in the beginning, which was which was a, a hint there. You mentioned uh, the song on Dreamville where, you know, he and Kaz talk about setting up their label owners. Uh, but I don't know if you caught it, but in this region project, he goes back and bas- and basically says that, that he and Top are setting Kaz up. <laughs> no, I didn't catch that. That's yeah, dope. yeah. Uh, you know, so like he's yeah. he's constantly building and iterating on his... His stuff, man. I, I think he's special. You know, I, I you know, I said I, I, I saw um, 
uh, taught uh, a couple of years ago. And it's the first time I met Reason. And I just told him how special I thought he was. Like his, his mixtape, um, uh, the free mixtape, um, uh, yeah, yeah, the free album, um, just like changed me, you know. Um, and I've been a huge fan ever since. But like this album is, it's cool. I need to give it more listens. Um, it was one of the rare times where, you know, when I work out, I typically like to watch a TV show. Um, mm-hmm. But like it's Friday morning, it just come out, and I just needed to listen to the album. So I listened to the album uh, instead of uh, watching TV. But yeah, I was excited about it. It was like Christmas for me, man. I think it's cool. You know, fans that follow Reason have heard 30 to 40% of this album before for the reasons he said. It's why it's not his, you know, quote unquote debut. Um, You know, and and the music is really good. And both you and I, through the playlist, some of these songs go back to coverage on the site, videos that join with Absol, Flick It Up. You know, there's a lot of moments on here that we and I like that artists are taking their Lucy's and their singles and letting them live somewhere because I feel like just the way that music and albums living in the cloud work it can be easy to forget and you know another artist on Rhyme Sayer Sarok did that too where you know AFH we've been covering her for years and she finally put out her first project that's with Rhyme Sayers and she grabbed songs that were from 2018 and 2019 because they matter they're important so I like that we're combating the sneak attack album of boom, here's 12 songs, all new, you know, take apart what you will and really pacing out artistry in a way that I feel like over the last couple of years got lost. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so salute to TDE, a big week for them. You know, um, it's and, uh, so I think another reason why the rumor could have gained traction is because Kendrick has not put out his album yet. And, yeah. you know, I think that people make assumptions that if, if it's taken this long in this day where people are releasing things constantly, there must be something amiss. Uh, but what do you think are, I, I can think of a few reasons why, um, you know, Kendrick has not released his album yet, despite like all the rumors. One is he's just an artist, right? And he takes his time. He has specific concepts and he's not going to let anything go until it's right. And that's that formula has worked pretty well for him so far. You know, the guy's Grammy uh, nominations are insane. I think he's won something like 13 or you know, some astronomical number like that. By now, he's had uh, two albums in a row that were nominated for album of the year, just in all categories, both won best rap album. Um, and three, uh, three that were nominated. Like so, you know, like anybody who's trying to like rush his process, like <laughs> yeah, can just step aside. You know, um, second thing is, um, if you think about what an album does now, an album is not just your statement, but it's also your platform that you can use to tour on. You mm-hmm. know, um, and which is where artists make the vast majority of the revenue. Going back to that discussion, merch and Sean, touring and merch sold you know, touring. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not even about the masters and the recording um, because um, because the labels do own the the, the mass recordings and, and such a big um, chunk of that revenue goes to them. The artists rely mostly on their on their touring, and so um, any artist who releases an album now, yes, you can tour on it at some point. But, you know, who knows how long COVID is going to last and, you know, it would maybe lose its relevancy. So it's yeah. an opportunity lost. So I can understand why an artist might send this project. But, like, any other thoughts for you as to why? Kendrick did that. I mean, Kendrick made the the Sneak Attack album. I, I give Drake credit in this, too. And, you know, 
but he made that a thing. Like, let's not forget that, you know, uh, it's a pimp a butterfly came out. What? Like, you know, a few days early on the sneak. Yeah. Um, he did both damn and untitled unmastered on the sneak um, more or less. And so he's done that. And I think, you know, I just keep having that lyric in my head from section 80 of like, don't compare me to those, you know, effing rappers uh, where Kendrick plays at his own level. And I feel like if we're living in a time where artists are being so prolific and putting two, three, four projects out a year and all of this, he's going to sit back and be King Kendrick, you know, and when we get something, um, it's going to matter. And if he were to drop something right now at a main, at a, at a mass level, it would get lost in the election. I hate to say that, but you know, um, whereas if he takes aim and finds that spot that he's been so successful in with, like you said, all the, the last three albums, he has the chance to resonate through a year and you know even eminem you know had had that power in the early 2000s but here we are 2020 i mean eminem dropped a sneak attack album earlier this year no one's talking about it you know dre puts out compton it comes and it goes uh you know kendrick is the a1 guy and i feel like he wants to keep that power and he's being very smart about it so i never worry i never hold him because you know, and, and like we're saying with Sean and, and other people, he speaks through feature verses. And I do hope we get one of those soon. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I still think that TDE's got some more up his sleeve for the rest of the quarter. Um, and I think the reason might be the opening salvo. I thought um, we're going to hear from Isaiah Rashad at some point. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of swirl on him. He disappeared for quite a while. But um, some, some guest verses. He's lingering on the horizon. Yeah. yeah he got a verse in the reason album. He's been, yeah. he's been popping back up. So, yeah. Uh, so in other news, and this was a little while ago, but, you know, we, we took a break last week, but I think it's important to address is that with the BT Hip Hop Awards, the nominees were announced uh, almost two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, Royce to 5'9", who you and I both believe has one of the best albums of the year um, and is, you know, doing the best work of his career, was not uh, in any way recognized by any of the nominations. Now, I'll say, you know, having obviously worked at BET um, for a number of years, that the Hip Hop Awards is um, one tailored more toward uh, commercial artists. You know, it definitely kind of skews toward that, and it also skews a bit younger. And I think you see that in the performances. Uh, typically, where, um, you know, the more lyrical content is uh, found is in the ciphers, you know, and, um, and so, um, but, you know, but lyricist of the year is, is also uh, a category where a lot of times MCs are recognized who are just spitters, you know, yeah. and um, this year, the nominees were Big Sean, The Baby, Megan The Stallion, Rhapsody, J. Cole, and Drake. That is, an, that would have easily been an opportunity for Royce, um, you know, and certainly he, you know, he fits in. He's, he's, he's an elite MC. Um, who would you have taken out of that? And why do you think he didn't make it? Yeah, I'm upset. I'm upset for Royce. I was upset for Nas to appear on the Grammy stage this year with little Nas X, knowing that Nas has never won a Grammy. Um, people use artists, you know, it's like Jay said with the magazines, you know, in the Blueprint era. You know, I mean, you helped put Royce on BET so many times. And while you might not have final say in the nominees, you know, Royce has, you know, he was even standing beside Eminem when Benny and Gunn and they did that video in the Detroit parking garage. 
this is a giant snub, man. And for me to answer your question, I'm going to drop Meg. Um, and not for nothing, Meg is a dope MC. Um, I loved her SNL performance. I love the political impact of it. I think Savage is a great record. I love her NWA cover. But in the last year, Meg, as dope as she is, hasn't made that work that shows her as a supreme lyricist on par with these other names. So, you know, um, I would take Meg out of the list and put Royce first and I'd give him the damn award. And, and um, because yeah, that album, um, you know, the allegory is my album of the year still. And I hate to see that not recognized. I hope the Grammys do better than BET with that one. Well, let me ask you this, because we've talked about this guy having a, an unbelievable last two years too. Like, do you think Benny the Butcher was snubbed? <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I would, I would absolutely consider Benny for that list. And that's when I start to look at, at, at Drake and I'm like, you know, Drake is, a, is an elite lyricist, but I don't know that you've had the impact of Benny just on the lyrical side over the last year. Um, that could be debated. Royce, I'm 100% all in. Yeah, I, I, I do feel, feel for Benny in a way and hopefully, again, to bring it full circle, moves like Timeless with uh, Wayne and Sean open some new eyeballs to uh, to the butcher. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think both those two deserve nods. Um, they both had unbelievable years um, at the top of their game. When it comes to pure lyricism, like, you know, they stand with anybody. Um, you know, so... Um, I'm happy to see Rhapsody yeah. here, though. I know yeah, that... Rhapsody, of course. You know, the Grammys, I feel like, you album. know... Yeah. yeah. That was not... That was not fair. Um, and I, I think Rhapsody, yeah. I, I'm, I'll i tell you all day, though, because I think a lot of people would see the baby and go, oh, hell no. Um, the baby earns that spot all day. Yeah, the baby's had an incredible year, man. He leads all nominees. I think he's got 12 nominations. Um, amazing year. Like, he, he uh, you know, rock star. He's got substantive, like, um, substantive uh, songs. He's got, like, you know, party stars. He's, like, he's the real deal. I really, really mm -hmm. like him. Um, you know, so another young cat that we like a lot is Osmond Benjamin. And we talked about him, him being on that Locks, all things tied back to the Locks album, you know. Singing um, on the Locks yeah. album. And, uh, you know, Royce had a comment about Rock Nation, like how many of the nominees uh, for, were. For, were, were affiliated with Rock Nation. He, he said that he was going to like set up a cypher stand. <laughs> outside the next Rock Nation brunch and block the entry. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so props to him for that. That was, that was funny. Um, but Osmond Benjamin, um, you know, sang on the Locks album, uh, which is amazing because he's a supreme lyricist. You didn't expect that. But uh, there's a new movie out. Um, it's on Netflix. Uh, I think it made a lot of noise. It's Sundance. Have you heard of it? The 40-year-old version? Yeah. Um, you know, play on words. Um, it's, it's by a woman named Rada Blank. Um, black woman who's you know a director and writer and you know um, very reminiscent of Spike Lee it's got some nods of Purple Rain in it with some uh -huh. scenes uh, watched it last night very cool movie uh, but Osmond Benjamin is featured in the film pretty prominently um, he oh, plays wow. um, a musical uh, interest and more um, for her um, you know, uh, and, you know, does a great job. Like, this kid is multi-talented, man. Uh, Guy Rute, you know, um, 
you know, Pharaoh Monch's manager and, and many other things is actually the music supervisor. And uh, oh wow, the, the soundtrack is, or the, the soundtrack is, is amazing. And you can see it's got uh, Styles P is actually in the movie. Okay. Um, and uh, Mickey Fax, you know, another um, got one of guys' clients. Person, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is in the movie. Um, a lot of like um, pretty cool appearances if you're into, you know, um, real lyrical hip hop, you know. So, yeah, definitely recommend checking it out, supporting, you know, Black Film for sure. Well, as we uh, as we say to new music, uh, there's a joint on there that I didn't even realize because I haven't seen the film yet, but it's on certainly teed up for me. Um, you've, we've got Nas, Styles P, Remy, Davies, and Ghostface on a song together called The Mecca produced by the beat miners no word uh it's not on the dsps yet it's only on soundcloud and mass mass appeal put it up so shout out to them so it's it's legit and and i'll tell you this like it sounds better on paper than what it actually is but i love the fact that these guys are coming together and i love that evil d and walt are finally producing you know something with nas and and, and ghost voice on it yeah i think that might be style p styles p davies and who else remy ma and remy yeah and uh, yeah, and then they 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 credited the uh, you know the star of the film as well. Uh, she I can't remember if she raps on the track or not. I only listened twice. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, man, Beat Miner's on production too. So shout out to Guy if he had any hand in bringing that together as well. Word, that's dope. And Westside Gun uh, came out with Who Made the Sunshine. He says his major label debut on um, his Griselda Shady Interscope mm-hmm. record. Um, you know, I put a couple tracks. There's two tracks, two tracks featuring Slick Rick. Yep. Which is pretty amazing. Um, you know, that, that's such a weird like combo, and the fact that Rick is on twice is is wild. But that, that's yeah. I thought that was dope. And one of the tracks features Rick and Buster Rhymes, and I thought Buster killed. I thought they both, could, but I thought Buster really killed that verse. But yeah. you weren't impressed. That wasn't my favorite. So first of all, Buster ELE two is coming out October thirtieth. October is going to heat up. Global yeah. warming, it's real. Um, yeah. But what I loved it was the second Rick feature, "Good Night," which I'm sure you caught as a reference to the end of Children's Story. Yeah, and it's a total storytelling track, um, yeah. raw as you know as hell. And uh, that to hear Gun and um, and Rick together was crazy. I saw somebody on Twitter. I think we retreated them that that they said that Slick Rick needs to sign a Griselda. <laughs> I love that oh, idea. Yeah, you know, that would be I, ill. Yeah. That would be super ill. Uh, and then the joint, the, my favorite joint of the album, though, real quick, is 98 Sabres, you know, referencing Buffalo's Hockey Club. And that's Just Blaze, scorches the beat, and he's got the whole crew on there, including Armani Caesar. Um, and that joint is just, what a way to end an album. And let's not forget, the first time AFH covered West Side Gun and uh, Conway on their own, was on a Just Blaze track when they announced signing the Shady, and that was back in March of 17, I believe. So Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Time flies, man. Um, mm-hmm. Jay Live came out with a project. I had to check that out myself. You know, he, there was a, a, a time where Jay Live was my favorite MC, like back in, I think, 2000, 2001. Like, yeah, uh, the best part era. Yeah, the best part. Like, just incredible. Like, incredible, incredible MC. Um, and... Uh, you know, we, what else came out? Uh, Lupe Fiasco. Put out a two-pack with Soundtrack, who made some of the best beats on Food and Liquor. I'm going to tell folks right now, um, you know, it doesn't sound like that at all. These guys are experimenting. 
Um, but, but I know they're up to more. So it was a little preview two pack. Um, I mentioned Sarox project. Black Dot has a verse on there that's insane. Um, mm. I believe, yeah, it's called Black Renaissance and he opens it up. And Sarox just has such an ill voice. Um, I'm a huge fan of hers. And she, her and Evidence have just taken Rhyme Slayers in a really cool direction right now. Word. So shout out to that. Um, what else? What else? Lyric Jones, MOP. And the Lyric Jones project, we talked about Fonte earlier. He's helping Lyric Jones put out her album. Um, and he's executive producing. And he said that, like, even years ago when Justice League was putting out Median and Away Team and all those different offshoots, he said, look, I wasn't dedicated. I was just getting on myself. So he's really giving her um, a proper push. And she came out with a Vic Mensa-assisted lead single called Show You How, which is really cool. Mm. Yeah, Timbaland and Anderson Pack. Like it's a lot of great music came out this week, man. You know what's been in heavy rotation for me is Smoke Dizz's album. And we talk a lot about, you know, do artists get better over time? Something in the last five years, Dizza is just on fire. Like, and I, I laugh because when I first heard him, like 15, 16 years ago, I was not a fan. And I've said that to Dizza and I said it to Johnny Shipes, who showed me his project. But man, I mean, what he's doing right now is uh, is is great. And that San, you have it on the playlist, uh, Santos Party House, that joint with Currency, Crit, and Wiz, like that just takes me back. And the yeah. beat, insane. Yeah, so. that and like the joint deal with Pete Rock and Benny, like I mean, like just yeah. killing it. Statute of Limitations, that was the joint. It. Yeah, you know? yeah. A lot of Word. good music, man. Yeah, man. So um, with that being said, what's your song of the week? You mentioned Run DMC early in the podcast, man. I'm 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 doing some stuff with Pete Rock right now, and I was going through his catalog, and I played Down with the King, and I loved Run DMC so much when I was like, um, you know, eleven, twelve years old. Those guys, the three of them, really helped me go all in on hip hop, and you know, I listen to the early stuff a lot, but I forgot just how amazing that song is, and it. Yesterday, I ran the album back a few times, too, and just really enjoyed myself. So down right. with the king, man. What about you? song with the youngsters on that album, too. Yeah, that yeah. great, though. I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, we lost a great this week, uh, you know, an icon, Eddie Van Halen. Um, you know, we talked, obviously, about hip-hop, uh, you know, given the platform, but we're both fans of all sorts of music in our songs of the day. We sing each other, like, a very mixed and uh so uh i'll go with ain't talking about love you mm. know um eddie just kills the guitar like on the that intro record. to that yeah unbelievable you know i always think about like when david lee roth like you know left he was like you know part of his gripe was that eddie was playing keyboards you know with uh on jump and um interesting and 51 yeah. fit on 1984 and 50, 51 50 he started moving the keyboard so he started playing guitar and he's like oh man play the guitar man you're a guitar hero like <laughs> uh, i could just hear dave's voice saying that and what a hero he was on that guitar man um read an article yesterday that he was um half indonesian which i did not know and enjoyed terrible terrible racism growing up in uh holland and even in the u.s um so pretty transcendent life to to achieve what he did so shout out to eddie van halen you know rest in peace you know to all his um friends family and fans so yeah ain't talking about love man man yeah van halen with hip-hop i mean even from tone loke obviously like the drum roll but you know even we posted a photo on our instagram of uh eddie and ll cool j in recent years sitting at the boards together like 
you know, that guy loved hip hop. And, you know, I feel like if there's no Van Halen, the first Beastie Boys album and some of those Run DMC, Rick Rubin projects just don't sound the same. So mm-hmm. the impact is nuts. And, and that is my favorite Van Halen song. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right, good chopping up, man. Likewise, until we meet again. Yeah, to be continued. All right.